Hello, and welcome to Acting Up, the podcast that dives deep into the world of TV and film that highlights our people, our culture, and our stories. I'm your host, Courtney Wills, Entertainment Director at The Grio, and this week we're speaking to actress Christina Elmore. Christina is best known for her work on Insecure, and this season her character Condola is causing all the drama thanks to the new baby that she has given birth to, compliments of Lawrence. The Harvard grad had a lot in common with her character this season because Christina recently gave birth and returned to work to play Condola, who recently gave birth, in the final season of Insecure, just weeks after her real-life delivery. So those new mom curves, those tired eyes, those stressed out faces were actually pretty reflective of what Christina was going through at home. And it worked out really well timing wise. We'll find out how she feels about the dynamic between Condola and Lawrence and how she balances the whole work life wife thing in the real world. Condola is such a divisive character. Some people love her. Some people hate her. I think a lot of women are sympathizing with her and what her character is going through this season on Insecure. Hi, Christina. It's so nice to see you. Hi. How are you, my dear? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm well. It's really nice to see you. Nice to see you too. I'm so excited to talk to you. There's so much to talk to you about with the return of 20s, which is just such... A fantastic show and such a cool role to see you in. Oh, thank you. I've had so much fun on that show. I'm just, I don't know. It's like my little creative little home and I just love it. (laughs) And then, of course, we have the final season of Insecure coming at us. And gosh, I'm still like not ready to let it go. Obviously, I'm sure you aren't either. Um, I know. It's so weird that like, for me, it feels kind of done. Like I had to let it go because we finished shooting. But now I just, I was like, oh, but I still get to watch it. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like a little happiness. Yes. <laughs> I spoke to Yvonne maybe like the day after the final, final, final wrap. Oh, did you? How was she doing? Was she in her feelings? Yeah, we were boohoo yeah. crying about it yeah, for yeah. sure. And still just really taken aback by the impact that this show has been able to have in such a short time on the culture, on its audience, and I think really on TV. I I 1000% agree. I was actually just talking to someone about this and saying that I think that TV is changed forever as a result of this show um, in so many good and wonderful and more inclusive, beautiful ways. Absolutely. I mean, Talk to me, you were, you know, there's been this core group of insecure cast and you were like this rogue, um, (laughs) you know, late addition that I think has just become such an integral part of the storyline and a character that people, you know, I think kind of treated like a new friend in in a real life group. Like, who's this? What is she going to (laughs) do? Who is she going to be? And now, I mean, like, I'm all in with um Condola like I love her I'm so happy to hear it I hadn't heard anybody put it the way you just did but like I think you're right that like it did feel like when a new friend comes into the friend group for like fans even for me as a fan of the show it was like um are you about to mess up the energy what kind of vibes are you bringing um who are you replacing (laughs) yes all of that are you gonna be in the hierarchy um and then like do we like her do we want to like her should we like her 
Um, I like her. I like your character. I'm so glad you like her because yes. nobody likes her. And I think people did like her. They were like being led to believe that they should give her a pass and like her. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, the baby. <laughs> and, the baby. and then the baby. I love Condola though. That was my question. Do you like her? I do. And I like her. I think I like her where I'm not playing her. I like her. I like <laughs> that she is the adult in the room. I like that she she moves with confidence and grace, but she's also very honest and clear. I think she had a couple moments where she forgot to, um, you know, help Issa along the way. But for the most part, I, I think she's kind and generous and happened to have sex with her boyfriend at the time and get pregnant. Like that is not a crime. She didn't do nothing wrong. She didn't trap nobody. Um, so I love her. What was it like for you when you got this gig to come into a show that had such a kind of powerful um, place on TV and had such a dedicated following? I mean, it was a ble- I mean, it was such an exciting blessing. I didn't know that it would be um, that the role would to grow to w- grow to what it is. So I thought that I was coming on for just two episodes at the end of season three, and I was super excited about that and it was already one of my favorite shows to watch so I was just like yay happy to be here um and then when I was called and told that I would come back for more I was like wait what um I think they always knew but it's not had had not communicated that to me (laughs) but um it was it's just been such a blessing I've it's a show that I love and and kept thinking as an actor like oh I want to be on a show like that one day that's the kind of thing I so to be on that I mean, I could never have hoped for more. It's been so great. And that once I got there to realize that people were nice, kind, welcoming, and it's a good, happy set. I was like, oh, this is heaven. Yes. Yes. And then you have 20s, which, you know, very different, I think, role for you, very different person that we get to know. Mm -hmm. But I think the show has a, a very big impact as well. I haven't seen much like 20s ever. Yeah, I think so too. I think that in its, in, in another way, it also is doing sort of a quiet revolution on TV in centering a Black, masculine, presenting queer woman um, in a way that's not like, hey, guys, look, look at us changing the culture, but more of like, hey, look, she's a person too, in the same way we all are. And how cool that we can watch her story and she can be authentically the person that she is and have these two straight friends who are also being authentically the person that they are and that we're not like having to hold up some sign or banner, but that you can laugh with us as we get into some shenanigans that really don't have much to do with her sexuality, but more have a lot to do with just her being a person in the world. Mm-hmm. And that feels low-key revolutionary, <laughs> even though it shouldn't. Low-key revolutionary. It absolutely does. And I wondered for you, was that an intention when you kind of started pursuing acting did you go in with the hope that or you know with the knowledge that you intended to do this particular kind of work I didn't I think that when I was leaving graduate school um I was just hoping to get some jobs and I think that the landscape in 2012 is so different from the landscape in 2021 which is crazy because it's not that long ago but even watching Issa's awkward black girl mm-hmm. I was like how what how can this exist oh too bad it won't ever exist on tv um I I couldn't even conceptualize that 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 there could be more than one show on cable television telling 
sort of authentic, interesting, really sort of grounded and um, quirky, so specific shows about Black women. I just didn't see it. And I thought that the only versions of that were the versions we'd already seen and had not seen in a while, actually, because we had them in Girlfriends, we had them in Living Single, but there was kind of a, a decade where there was just a dearth of that. Um, and to, I couldn't have even imagined this. So when, <laughs> when the time came and I finished working on another show that I was on for several years and my husband was like, so what do you want to do next? I was like, well, thinking of shows like Insecure, I was like, I would love to work on a show about Black women, written by Black women, with Black women. But I was like, that's probably not going to happen because there's just the one. (laughs) And then to get on the one and then to now be on 20s and to now see that there's so many more happening, uh, it's it's more than I could have dreamed about. So I didn't dream about it. Wow. Um, It is. It is so cool that you were on these two pretty groundbreaking shows. And I wondered how much... um, I mean, both of the women kind of at the helm of these two shows, Issa Rae and Lena Waithe, have blazed kind of such a trail, I think, and really their own trail in Hollywood in their own ways, Um, you know, and broken records and done it young and done it without everything we've always been taught to believe it takes to make it. Um, And I wondered what being able to kind of um, build your career with these two people in your orbit, how has that influenced you? (laughs) I think they were already influencing me before I worked with them. Mm -hmm. So I've known Lena for a long time as like a friend in like, you know, in the world. Um, And I've admired Issa for a long time, just as a stalker. Um, <laughs> and so I was already like being influenced and already just being like, oh, wait, you can create your own stuff. You can just go ahead and make something, even if you don't have the budget and you don't have the this and you don't have somebody giving you a yes. Um, you don't have to wait on that yes. What? And so now to sort of be like, while they trailblaze and just letting the, the dirt hit me in the back, uh, I'm just getting, I'm learning so many nuggets about what it means to take up the space you want um, and to put something out there. And I think, I don't think we're all called to be television creators, but I do think we all are called to be creators of something, creating the good we want in our lives, creating, you know, the, the relationships we want or just deciding on the life you want and the legacy you want to leave. And they've done it with such, I don't know, tenacity, but also like grace and and like kindness still they're still very kind people and they don't have to be I'm learning every day from them and I'm trying to put those lessons into practice um, (laughs) and to like make take more risks and do hard stuff even when I'm scared so yeah yeah, I'm super grateful for their influence what is it now I mean now that you are like you said it's such a different landscape in Hollywood everywhere (laughs) but specifically in Hollywood from 2012 to 2021 And there's all these like new rules and new possibilities, right? And so I wonder like how have the changes that we're I think kind of in the throes of right now, but certainly starting to see some tangible shifts and changes, how has that changed or does that change how you are able to navigate as an actor of color? Do you feel more agency, more input or, or more authority to pick the kind of roles that you want to play the stories that you want to tell 
you know, the people that are doing your hair? Like, can you actually perceive it yet? Yeah, I, I, I feel, I, I do tangibly feel the difference. And I think, I think there's two factors though. I think that I have now worked long enough that um, I'm, I'm by no means a celebrity or like, you know, but I've, I've worked long enough where I can say no to some things because I can afford to pay for my kids preschool, even though I can say no. And like, that is a place of privilege that I feel really grateful for as an actor that I did not know that I would get to. And I might not say it, but at this moment, I can say no to some things that I don't want to do. There have been times in my career where I could not have because I needed to eat. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And so coming from that point of, of, of knowing that privilege that I have right now, yes. But also there has been a tangible difference just in the industry, I think, because now we've seen that Black, specifically Black, specifically authentic stories being told by Black creators and writers can sell to everyone. And so we start off, I, I go on to sets like 20s and Insecure with a baseline of like, I'm not going to have to worry about no shenanigans in the hair trailer because I know we had Black producers who hired Black artists. Yeah. And yes, there are going to be times where I'm like, I didn't really like the way my hair came out, but it's not going to be because the lady didn't know how to braid me down or it's right. not going to be. And so that is a huge tangible difference that I have felt really in my soul since 2012, because I was on a show that I was so grateful for right out of school. It was such a blessing in my life. I paid off my student loan for it, so I will not talk bad about it anyway. But I yes. will say there was no black hairstylist. They would have to. Finally, after about season three, I said, could we please get somebody who could just blow dry? And they would hire someone to come and do my hair in the morning, but she couldn't even stay to touch me up later. So I still look kind of wild, <laughs> but I didn't even have the agency or the, even the wherewithal to do that until season three of that show, because I was timid. I was scared. I was like, I, nobody's going to listen to me. No one. And their producers didn't think of it because they never had had to think of it. It was never a, a thought. Um, and as one of the only black women there, why would they have? Right. So there's such a, I see such a huge shift already in just those little areas, let alone the shift that's coming in the landscape of TV itself and the kind of shows that get greenlit and who gets said yes to now. Yeah. And just existing, like you said, what you were saying about twenties, how, you know, yes, this is centered around a masculine presenting lesbian, but so much of the show is just about nothing. It's just slice of life. It's just, it's just about her life. Yeah. Just living. She's just living as a person. Yeah. yeah. And so much of insecure is that, and there actually didn't used to be room for that. And it is revolutionary yeah. to just take up that space of like, I'm not juggling. I'm not dancing. I'm not dodging bullets. I'm just yeah. being a black girl in America. In the same way that white people, we've gotten to watch, we've watched so many white people just be white in America. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm so grateful that now we get to see white black people just being, and that we get to see the different versions of us. Mm -hmm. um, and that we don't have to all, you know, for so long, so many of the shows about black women, there was one who had to fill this role, and then one who had to be this kind of black woman, so that we could see all four. And then that was it. And now we can be so quirky and weird and interesting and specific um, because we're not the only black women on TV at all. Yeah. Representing all of us in With one. All of us somehow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and shout out to those shows that made it possible for this to happen because mm -hmm. I will watch Girlfriends anytime of the day or night. 
for sure. Like you ain't got to tell me twice, but look how far we've come and that we can now have so many more types of us. Yes. Yes. Just living. So as a fan of Insecure, like who of the four ladies were you, did you most identify with before you came on this show? Oh, you know, I think Molly, less in her trifling relationship ways, but more in her sort of like go get them kind of like, I'm going to achieve, I'm going to, I'm going to be a young attorney and I'm going to get my house and I'm going to get this and I'm going to just do A and B and Z. I think it's similar to like how Maria is on 20s. I'm just going to achieve and then worry about how the rest falls out later. So I think that's me-ish. And as a fan, are you rooting for Issa and Lawrence? Uh, it's hard. Okay. So if you had asked me before we started shooting season five, I would have said, absolutely. Mm. Now I know too much. <laughs> I feel like, so mm-hmm. I won't give me spoilers, but I feel like now I don't know. Yeah. But, um, as a fan, I left season four rooting for them. And although I was not mad at Condola because she did not impregnate herself, I did was like, oh, dang, that does kind of put a wrench in what I thought was going to be a happy reunion. Yes. A hundred percent. Number one, thank you. Because something as simple as how hard it is to be a new mom and to have a new baby and to watch that baby round the clock and to not know if the baby is eating enough, if your boobs are working, if it's colicky, if this doctor is listening to you, if you're, um, if the baby's father or other parent is responsible as you would be all of those things we've seen kind of told and joked and cried about with white girls, but it is so rare to see any kind of black mother on TV. That's not just killing it, being a superhero, being sassy, you know, saying they're going to, you know, yeah, dish she's out a like whoop not taking care of her kids or she's just so on top of it she doesn't even feel it it's fine it was so yeah. real watching you watching condola navigate those those long nights and those hard days and as an actual mother and again new mother yourself uh yeah. with your second baby I'm sure that you could identify but like <laughs> god damn I'm so grateful that they showed that Thank you. Me too. And I'm grateful as a viewer, um, but I was also really grateful as an actor because it was literally, I think I was seven weeks postpartum, like, and in the same position as Condola. Thankfully, my husband is an amazing partner and father, so I wasn't in that position. But yeah. uh, when her boobs were leaking, my boobs were leaking with her. When she wasn't sleeping, all the bloodshot you saw was real. All of the extra body that you saw was real because it was my body after a baby and so like it it was really it felt sort of I've never I've never felt that close to a character in my <laughs> life where when they were calling cut I was like it's fine I can just lay here mm-hmm. I'm still tired um, oh my gosh so it was it was it was so such a unique experience for me as an actor and as a mom um and I I felt like they got it so spot on and so mm-hmm. much of the writing and they were also open to Jay and I because Jay is a a, a, a dad and yeah. um so we were able to be like oh no we would leave the stroller out here or oh no we might do that. like things like that and it was we were working with babies all day which was super fun but also sort of a little too close to home yeah <laughs> it was there's a lot going on but I I'm grateful for that they told that story um in such a a real kind of way that we didn't gloss it up for TV. Um, 
And co-parenting, shout out to all the mamas and the papas doing it that way, because that is not a game. And especially, I think we think a lot about like single parents and then the other parent being kind of a joke and not really caring. And in this way, both of them truly caring about their child and struggling to figure out how to do it together. That is hard. It it has to be so hard. And that was what I thought was really interesting is that, yeah, you don't have like either a, a negligent parent, if you will. But one thing that I saw that I feel like you're married, you know, and you've had babies, you know, <laughs> there are those moments, especially early where the name of the game is don't kill the baby. And don't kill, baby. don't kill the baby. Please don't let me please, kill the baby. Please don't let me kill the baby. I'm going to fall asleep on this baby. So don't let me kill the baby. Yes. yes. And that fear, whether it's your husband, the love of your life, a stranger, a sperm donor, the fact that like you can barely trust yourself not to kill the baby, that you have to mm-hmm. then trust someone else, the other parent not to kill the baby is so stressful. And, and, and you were saying, take the baby to somewhere else where I won't see them hear them, smell them, then I have to trust that you're going to bring back my precious, littlest, tiniest love. Oh, God, you nailed that. And I don't even like you right now. (laughs) But I'm going to give you all that matters in my whole existence. Here you go. Don't kill it. While I'm home pumping milk for said child. Yeah, you got that so right. Out out to the mamas. (laughs) Yeah, you got that so right. Do you... Oh, I wanted to know, Jesus, like, how did you plan for this? Because obviously you knew you were pregnant. You knew you were going to have a baby. You knew you were going to be filming seven weeks postpartum. I would imagine that the fact that you were playing a postpartum mom made that an easier decision, like let you know that you could pull it off. But I I mean, I couldn't think of doing yeah, anything. I don't know. I, I, I think it was a happy accident that because I thought I didn't know what the storyline would be for season five. So I didn't know whether I would be coming back still pregnant, whether I would be coming back the baby's 10 years old. I I had no idea. So God is good. And God said, I'm going to do you a solid, Tina. And I'm going to make it so that she needs to look like you look. And you're not going to have to wear no spanks. You're not going to have to suck nothing in. You're not going to have, you're just going to look how you look, feel how you feel, be tired like you want. That was just the Lord giving me a blessing. You didn't even need makeup, huh? (laughs) They didn't have to put on anything and they didn't have to make me look any more tired. Yeah. Um, so no, that just happened to be a happy blessing. And also both twenties and insecure productions were so kind, um, to give me as much time as they possibly could. Although seven weeks doesn't sound like a lot, they had started shooting already and they gave me more time to come back and they were able to, I did all of my episodes in one month so that I could then go do 20. So thank you EPs of both shows for making it possible. Um, it worked out. I mean, that's wild because I wonder how new that is, right? Like how new it is for writers and production and networks to care that their actor just had a baby. New because I had another one before that. And different game. Different. Wow. I will. Yeah. I, and this is not, I'm not even, this is not specifically like a prop, something that they did. I think that they, the, the concept of like, Oh, Let's make sure we don't make the actor feel like they're burdening us because they had a baby. So while while accommodations were made um, on previous work and they all, it all worked out in the end, I very much was made to to know that this is a hassle. This is a problem. This is a, yeah. this. Oh God, we're having to move the mountains. You should be grateful. 
whereas working this year with 20s and insecure well, I was like clutching my phone, like nervously calling Prentice, calling Lima to be like, I'm pregnant. I know we're supposed to start shooting. In both cases, like, first of all, congratulations. First of all, what a blessing. You're expanding your family. Lima said, great. We, we're supposed to start shooting last fall. Wait, we'll wait till next spring. Wow. And Prentice said, oh, you need more time? Wow. Take another month. It's just different. This is this is new for me. So incredible. I wonder if they wrote Condola and the storyline in this place because they knew where you would be. I think that's possible. Yeah, maybe I. I I, I guess I hadn't asked, uh, but definitely. I'm gonna ask. I'll tell you, girl. I'll let you know. Yeah, please ask. Let me know because they knew I was pregnant, so totally possible. Yeah, I know. And Princess got got three kids. He knows what it's like. So yeah, yes, possible. Yes. Um, what else? Okay, I will say this season of Insecure, like we're already going in like medium sad because we know it's the last one. Medium sad? It's a little heavy, at least the first four. It's a lot less ha 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 and a lot more like, ooh, that's deep for everyone. Yeah, I it's haven't, a little more drama. seen more than I've seen, so I don't really? even know. It's oh, yeah. drama. It's deep. I don't even, I, the, all the other seasons, you could read all the episodes this season. I only read the episodes I was in. So I had they don't trust you. They, they don't, don't trust you. They didn't trust any of us with this final season. <laughs> so I, girl, I don't know. That's incredible. Tell me if you feel me on the fact that the other thing I thought that um, the dynamic between these two new parents, Lawrence and Condola, got really right was that dudes don't actually understand what it takes to take care of a baby a lot of times. They see the like, build the stroller, build the crib, pay for the yeah. stuff. Yeah. Maybe rub no, the I, feet if you're lucky, but like that mental load thing, we don't talk about the mental. No. And, <laughs> and my husband's going to hate me because I, I don't talk about it much, but um, <laughs> I was, we were talking recently and he was like, so I was working a lot this spring and I had yeah. a newborn and he was, I mean, he's an amazing father all the time, but he had to like get in there hardcore. Um, while I was working and he, and then I went on a, a trip and he was like whoa and he was like we're square now I was like oh no oh, no we will never be square it, it, even if you spent every day you will have never had the child growing in your body eating from your body you yes you take our child to school every day that's fantastic but did you know where to find the school? Do you know the number to four of the parents who go to the school so you can arrange the thing? But did you go into the social security office and get the social? Like just the mental load of juggling the whole child's life. <laughs> it, it goes beyond taking care of them that day. It goes beyond building a stroller or like setting up a nursery. It's truly that we must have extra pockets in our brains because or or you lose the pockets that can remember the stuff about your own life mm -hmm. so I was like oh no we won't be square we'll, we'll never be square and don't even try to achieve square because it's never. not gonna happen and <laughs> even the really good ones the really on it ones the really intensive ones I don't give a damn you will never understand and that's not like a sexist thing that's not a because I, I think I think it's a, sometimes a biological thing but also I think Whatever your circumstances are, even if you're a single father, you that no one understands you because now you're juggling all that. 
but the there primary. is going to be a parent. There's a primary parent. I don't care what your relationship is, same sex, otherwise. There is one of you. Yeah. Who will y'all never will be square because they are juggling a higher load, male, female, whoever. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I could talk to you for so many more hours, but I have to and let you I go. Knew- Oh my gosh, okay. this was such a pleasure. I'm so proud of you. Thank I'm so you excited so for you. Thank um, you. I hope we talk again this season. Let's and do it. congratulations on the little one. Thank you. Go enjoy your perfect five and six. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Acting Up. Check out our Insecure Recaps each week over on thegrio.com, hosted by the amazing Danielle Young. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts and share it with someone you know. Please email all questions, comments, and concerns to podcasts at thegrio.com. Acting Up is brought to you by The Grio, an executive produced by Courtney Wills and produced by Cameron Blackwell. For more with me and Acting Up, check us out on Instagram at actingup.pod.